Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to Finance in a Flash, presented by Beacon Financial Strategies. I'm your host, John Motto, and today I'm joined by principal and co-owner of Beacon Financial Strategies, Chip Highmiller. How are you doing today, Chip? John, I'm great. It's a great uh, almost fall day. I mean, we're here at the end of September, and um, it's it's a great time of year here in North Carolina. I just love the low humidity, but more importantly, we love uh, football. And so it's our, our entire office is... Uh, immersed and especially my family we we love football and uh (laughs) it's just a good time of year yeah and it certainly brings a lot of people together so um that that's great and i love watching college football um especially i do like the nfl but i i tend to i tend to enjoy the college game a little bit more and i think that might have something to do with the plethora of schools we have around here but yes fall is a great time of year here and um it's an exciting time yeah and you're a soccer guy too so it's good good time for for soccer as well right oh yeah the you know my favorite league is the Premier League and they're playing on every Saturday morning so right when I get done with those games I just jump right into the college football yeah I get it I get it it's fun time of year yeah well great so today I think we wanted to kind of give uh, the listeners maybe a little bit of an update on the the market and the economy um, and I think the best way to kind of get this, you know, kind of kicked off is to maybe take a look back a little bit and see, you know, how did we get to this point? Um, Chip, could you give us a little insight on that? Yeah. So, you know, right now it's a lot in the way of, um, you know, a lot of the discussions we're having with clients is definitely centered around uh, the fact that the markets have declined quite a bit. And that's as a result of, you know, kind of where where we are and what's going on with the Federal Reserve Board. And so, you know, right now uh, we've seen uh, we're on the cusp of three interest rate, major interest rate hikes uh, this year. Uh, and, and the markets have responded to that uh, negatively, right? So, you know, the idea is, you know, right, raising interest rates is, is uh, the, the equivalent of kind of pushing the brakes on the economy. And so, you know, what we've seen, and, you know, that's kind of a negative sign for the financial market. So we've seen right now where, you know, the S&P 500 is down right around 20%. Uh, the bond market is down, you know, approaching 13%, which is really the, a, a big surprise. Uh, and so there really hasn't been anywhere for investors to hide. And so, you know, why uh, is the Fed raising rates? I think that's the uh, the big question and one maybe that you, you're uh, alluding to. And, and really, it's it's a function of the fact that it's pandemic related, right? And so, you know, what happened during the pandemic and what was needed, what needed to happen there is, you know, the, the governments uh, globally kind of flooded the world with money. You know, there were stimulus payments, there were uh, interest rates went to zero. Um, and this was kind of a, a global effort. I mean, you know, it was it was something that needed to happen, and um, you know, uh, PPP loans, stimulus, there are multiple stimulus payments, and all of that just flooded uh, the world really with cash, and now we're in a situation where, um, you know, that's uh, heated up the economy quite a bit, and uh, and the Fed is taking actions to uh, kind of uh, pause that and 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 kind of pump the brakes here. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. Um, you know, COVID is really, we're really feeling the fallout of some of the, some of the things that happened early on in the pandemic that were, were necessary. But, um, you know, we, we kind of talked about it a little off air as well as, you know, some of the supply chain issues that, you know, COVID kind of 
exposed maybe some weaknesses in there, we're still feeling, you know, the, the pressures of those. Yeah, no doubt. It's and, and it may last for a while. You know, there's some other things that's going on too. You know, their supply chain is still, um, you know, n- not back to normal. You know, COVID is still having an imp- impact globally. I mean, we in the U.S. have kind of moved on, but I think that um, if you look at the world, you know, especially third world countries that are doing a lot of the uh, production of, of goods and uh, goods for uh, export, you know, those countries are still struggling a little bit and, and there's still, you know, lockdowns and that kind of thing. So, you know, it's still those issues along with the Russia-Ukraine war. And it's just a great deal of uncertainty right now. And so, you know, that's kind of uh, causing problems for the financial markets. And, and you know, that's that's what we've seen here this year in 2022 so far. Yeah. And so, so now that we kind of have an understanding about, you know, kind of how we got here, I think it's hard to give an update about uh, the economy and financial markets without talking about the hot topic that everyone's kind of talking about, inflation. Uh, Chip, could you kind of give us some insight on what the Fed is doing or maybe has done? You kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. Um, and, and what kind of impact is that having? Yeah, so the Federal Reserve Board has a number of tools at their disposal um, to uh, you know, really make adjustments to the economy. And, and what they're doing now is is one of their... Uh, you know, their main tools is, is hiking interest rates. You know, when, when the economy is in a slump or when something, you know, bad happens, you know, the, the Fed can, can cut interest rates and that serves to stimulate the economy simply because the cost of money is less, right? So companies can borrow money to finance their operations and things and it's, a cheaper, it's cheaper for them to do that and, um, and individuals, right? You can uh, afford housing becomes a little bit more affordable and, and that sort of thing when the when the payments are low. And so with interest rates are low, um, that serves to stimulate the economy. And so what they're doing now is attempting to um, slow the economy down a little bit. And so they're using interest rates and, and rising, uh, increasing the federal funds rate in a manner th- that they hope will um, uh, slow down the economy enough to where inflation uh, backs off a bit. And, you know, we're starting to see it's going to take some time for that. You know, you can't just, you know, the economy's not just going to slow immediately when interest rates rise. It's going to take a little bit of time. And so, uh, and the Fed is being uh, very diligent. I mean, they're, they've uh, hiked rates quite a bit already, and they've already uh, communicated that, okay, you're, you know, the, the target, the federal funds target is probably going to end up somewhere in the four to four and a half percent range. And so that kind of implies even from here, um, other other rate hikes. And so that's kind of, in my opinion, it's kind of baked into, um, you know, a lot of the numbers that we're seeing with the markets down and the bond market down and that kind of thing. So um, that's kind of a, a general summary of, of where we are. Yeah. And, and one thing that I think that you said that was really interesting is the Fed has been very transparent about what they're going to do. And you kind of said something at the end that maybe makes me think I know the answer to my next question, but I'll, I'll ask it anyways. Do you think the markets have maybe already adjusted or have taken into account these future rate hikes that the, the Fed has basically come out and said, you know, hey, these are on the table? Yeah, I think they have. I, th- I think a, a lot of it has. Now, there's there's always the chance that there's a surprise of some sort, right? You know, uh, things change in the Russia-Ukraine war, and so that 
uh, changes uh, some of the, uh, you know, the outcome possibilities a little bit, you know, but I do think that the markets have fully reflected um, what the Fed has kind of communicated to, to us as investors, you know, and so I think that's, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, so so now that we've kind of you know talked about the the market and the and the economy, um, a lot of folks have come to us and you know kind of just been like, well, well, is there anything we should be doing? Is there any you know changes we should make? So so maybe you can give us a little uh, some thoughts on that. Yeah, well, there there are some. Uh, well, it's two different things that I think that we're we're getting. We're getting questions about portfolio. You know, are there any changes that we need to make in our portfolio. And, um, you know, and I think that the, the answer to that is maybe, uh, but I'll tell you that I, I generally don't like making, you know, major types of asset allocation changes at, at low points of the market or, or after a, a kind of a sizable move in the market. Uh, and so I would, for the portfolio standpoint, you know, to me, it's important uh, there's a couple of things that you can be doing, and this is what we're doing for our clients. We're looking for chance for opportunities to upgrade portfolio, and what I mean by that is, you know, in some cases, clients we're a very tax centric firm, and so we're very uh, aware and try to control the tax element for clients. And so, in some situations, there's legacy positions or mutual funds that have been owned for a long time that are reasonably good funds that you know we don't mind keeping, but uh, given the fact that you know, kind of uh, where we are right now, you know, maybe it's a good chance to upgrade that particular legacy fund into something a little bit different, maybe in this exact same um, space. You know, if you've got large cap U.S. stock fund A, um, maybe we, we want to upgrade to, you know, large cap U.S. stock fund B that has, you know, a lower expense ratio, higher tax efficiency, you know, more diversified, uh, what, whatever the case may be, we're looking for those opportunities for our clients, and that's kind of, um, you know, one thing that we would suggest doing. You know, the other thing is thinking through uh, tax loss harvesting opportunities, right? So bond funds, you know, if you've owned a bond fund for any period of time, you probably have unrealized capital losses. And sometimes it makes sense and becomes appropriate to realize those losses. So, you know, and what we do... Uh, for our clients here is just kind of, you know, let's say we have, um, you know, the client has, a, they sold a property and the property, so they've owned for a long time and they sold it at a pretty big gain. Well, maybe we have losses in portfolio that we can use to offset those gains. You know, sometimes maybe, you know, there's a, there's a position that, you know, we want to eliminate in the portfolio that has gains. Well, maybe we can offset those gains uh, with, with losses. And, you know, and really uh, tax loss harvesting is something that, you know, you should always be aware of because it doesn't necessarily hurt to, to take losses uh, when they exist. But what, what I would advise people not to do is make wholehearted changes. You know, say, let's say you take a loss in a bond fund, you know, I, I would suggest that you kind of keep your asset allocation the same. So you would, you would sell bond fund A, short-term corporate bond fund A, and buy short-term corporate bond fund B that's as good of a fund, you know, as you had before. So I'd want to be careful about making those types of changes, but uh, there are things that those are things that you, you know, investors should be considered. I would not recommend necessarily making, you know, asset allocation adjustments, 
now. And, um, you know, so that's, that's kind of where we are with that. Right. And I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a two pronged question in the sense of, you know, you've got your, you've got, you know, your financial planning side, and then you got your portfolio side. But before we leave the portfolio side, there is one thing I wanted to kind of ask you. Um, is it a good time to rebalance? Yeah, so uh, it. I think you should always look for rebalance opportunities, especially after a, a major market movement. Uh, what's going on now, though, is that we we're seeing, um, you know, there's not much disparity because bonds have taken a hit as well, right? So, you know, the idea is okay. Stocks have declined by you know a significant percentage, but bonds have held up pretty well. So let's rebalance to kind of get our portfolio. Uh, allocation targets back to to neutral, let's say. Well, what we've seen now that there's not there's some, but it's not a lot of opportunities for uh, rebalancing. And so, you know, to me, that's that's uh, client specific. And so, you know, in some cases, it may be appropriate to rebalance, but you know, we're not seeing a lot of uh, a huge rebalance opportunities. Although, um, you know, it just depends on the client if they're taking distributions or if they're making contributions and that kind of thing. Right, and 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 rebalance is something we evaluate almost. I mean, every day. I mean, we're looking at that kind of, um, you know, what the asset class deviation is. So, um, you know, we we look at that all the time. Now, kind of switching gears into the financial planning side of things, is there is there anything you know maybe folks don't need to make changes, but is the, is it a good time to maybe look at your plan? Yeah, it absolutely is. I think that would provide a lot of peace of mind to a lot of people. And I can tell you that we've we've gone through this exercise with many of our clients and, you know, they've been relieved to know that, okay, well, even though the market's taken a hit here and inflation is higher than than what we expect long term, you know, our plan still looks pretty solid and, um, and there's not a lot of change, actually. And so I think that is, you know, taking a look at that plan and just making sure that you're still on track and, uh, and then thinking about, okay, do I need to make adjustments? I mean, maybe you're, um, you had planned on taking a pretty big trip, you know, in 2023 and maybe, you know, is that something you still want to do? Can you still afford that? Is it your, can your portfolio sustain that large withdrawal, you know, or maybe, you know, you're going to buy a car. Well, the price of, of cars is pretty high. And so, you know, maybe if you can kind of, uh, just, uh, repair your old car, just kind of keep it going for a little while until, you know, uh, things change a little bit and prices, uh, you know, come back to more uh, normalized levels. I mean, maybe that's appropriate. Yeah. And I think, I think we, we, you know, like you mentioned, we've gone through this exercise with um, several different clients and, you know, I think at the end of it, for the vast majority, it provided a lot of clarity and peace of mind to know that maybe they weren't in as bad of a position as they thought, or things really didn't change that much. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because when you run projections, financial planning projections, like retirement plans for people, you know, you really, um, look at scenario planning. So, you know, at least for us, we look at, okay, what happens when returns are low? Does that make a meaningful impact? You know, what happens when inflation is a little higher than we expect? What's what happens there? And you kind of stress test that. And I think that by doing that and going through that process, you know, it it makes uh, soft patches in the economy, you know, market corrections, all of these things that are invariably going to happen. Um, over the course of an investment 
life cycle, you know, it makes them a little bit more tolerable to handle. And um, because, you know, all of those things are incorporated into the plan. You know, I can tell you right now that if you are have just retired, you'll probably see three more recessions at least in your lifetime. And so you kind of have to uh, plan for that. And, and it's so helpful to do that because, you know, it just provides an enormous amount of peace of mind for people. And, um, and, and I think that's a huge benefit of going through that planning process. Yeah. And um, I think just the other day, you and I were looking at a, a graph um, and it, it showed, I think it was 20% declines in the market um, over the course of 100 years. And over an investment, you know, uh, 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 the lifetime of your investing, you know, you're going to see some declines in the market. And they're healthy and, and fairly normal. Yeah, they really are. And, you know, it's, it is healthy. And I can tell you right now that if you're listening to this podcast and you're in the accumulation phase, then now's the time that, you know, now's what you've been waiting for, right? You you. You need to step up to the plate, continue your investment strategy, continue uh, to sock money away in your 401k plan, knowing that, okay, prices are 20% lower than what they were, you know, just last year at this time. And so, you know, it's an, kind of an opportunity and it's one that, that we really suggest you take advantage of. You know, if you're in the retiree or the pre-retiree phase, you know, you, you're probably a little bit worried uh, and it's kind of what we're, we're seeing with our clients. You know, you're a little bit worried. Uh, but at the end of the day, again, if you've gone through that planning process, you're aware of your cash flow uh, and your spend down in your portfolio, you know, those are the things that really have an enormous impact on uh, the end outcome of, uh, of your plan and really of your retirement uh, projections. And so, you know, even as a retiree, um, it, it's no need to... Uh, be too worried because I can tell you that at least for our clients, there's a certain segment of your portfolio that hasn't seen an awful lot of portfolio variability. You know, uh, you know, there, there, we have certain investments that are kind of our liquidity and, and preservation type of bucket. And, um, and I think that's a good approach to have, especially as you're taking distributions from your portfolio. Yeah, those are all great points. And, um, Chip, just to kind of wrap everything up, I know this is this is a topic you and I have discussed, you know, over the over the last few months, um, almost every single day. So, is there any uh, parting words you want to give to our listeners? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, stay focused on the long term, and 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 don't. Now's the time when people tend to make mistakes, um, and I would really suggest that you know you think long and hard before making any ma- major changes because. All of this, uh, what's going on now, will eventually fade away and, you know, we'll return to a, a more uh, normal type of growth pattern and, uh, and return pattern. So, you know, uh, don't, don't worry too much. I think, you know, you kind of focus on those things that you can control and then uh, just let time work its magic. And, and, and I have an enormous amount of confidence that that will happen. It's just, you know, it's, it's the uncertainty of when and how long we might be in this type of, uh, you know, mid uh, and low return uh, pattern. And, um, and a lot of that is predicated on what, what happens with the Fed and some of the inflation numbers and that kind of thing. But we can't really control that. And so to me, you control the controllable and, um, and that's what you want to focus on. Yeah, control the controllables is a great advice there. 
Um, well, thanks so much for joining us today, Chip. Uh, I really appreciate it. And that's it from us at a Finance in a Flash. Um, thanks so much for listening. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Thanks so much. Thank you.